range anxiety. It's Martin Donnan here tonight. You know me, right? I've been around for 30 years of automotive tuning experience in 30 minutes every bloody week, a couple of times. But tonight, it's not Paul House on. It's like, not, hey babe, hey babe. It's the one, the only, Stricko. He's back, right? He got you know, pushed into the floor a bit by that um, Julian Newton character. Now, he listens to all of these, Nick. What do, what do you got to say to Julian tonight? I'll see you at the track shortly. Well, you've always actually been faster than him. When we've done all of these things that we do and we talk about cars and we talk shit, whatever, when it comes back, like, you've actually always been faster. It's a natural talent, I think. No, I think that's what it is. We've got all the bin juice. But what you've done to Julian is you've made him a listener. And that, thank you, by the way, that intro track, that was The Candyman by Sammy Davis Jr. And um, Barry Manilow. So what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about these people that you know that have gone from Porsches to Yaris's. Like, why? Uh they're about as fast as a, a 98 WRX, apparently. No, I think a 98 WRX is, A, worth a shit ton more right now. Oh, probably right, yeah. As we, no, no, probably right. Definitely right. GC8. And um, why haven't you bought a Yaris? You're a good time at Rally Race, so why haven't you done what everyone else has done? You bought a fucking, te- excuse the language, a Tesla. I think the Tesla's the way to go. It's the future. What? Okay, so you're comparing a 2,000-kilogram car to a 1,200-kilogram three-cylinder box of shit. Explain why you've done that. Uh, Toyota won't have any chips to build them for a start. <laughs> yeah, well, that's weld right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, good luck with that. And um, I, I really think weight doesn't... Ex- it caused problems with everything. I mean, look at the GDR came out. It was an 1,850 kilo car. And, and people went, oh, it's so heavy. Oh, so heavy. Never do anything. Drive, Guess what? Drive one, it's like a go-car. And it's probably the GDR for all of its inherent problems. You know, the gearbox is made of uh, twigs and tape and, and love and hopes. I think they had plastic gears in them, didn't they? <clears throat> but you know what it does? It, it, it's still a super super fast car oh they are fast yeah i've still got one i'm gonna i'm not gonna sell i'm gonna put it in the back corner and look at it i sold my wife's yeah i sold wasn't my, fast enough for i, I sold my wife too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. oh god oh no no i sold out yeah, yeah that's right yeah so you all still got your jdr i don't have mine I've, I've owned maybe four or five of them you've had one and you've you you've... it cost me the same as four or five okay yeah well uh, four or five small continents. <laughs> not no, like maybe us. small houses or units. So let's talk about your GDR, right? You, you When you bought that car, it had been like run into a tree at Target Tasmania and fixed. And when we got it, what did we do to it? What was the first thing you did to it? And it came to us. I don't even remember. Oh, it was running on the factory computer. I think we put the Cybex in it. No, it was running on the factory computer when you went to World Time Attack. No, Cyvex. Oh, Cyvex. was it? Yeah, Cyvex. Uh, but Cyvex came with it, but it was in the boot. The guy didn't know how to plug it in. Properly. Okay, so we just put it in and put a tune in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah put a tune in it, and it ran killer, yeah. Okay, so f- 
and you were the best person in Australia in a GDR at that event, I think. Oh, yeah, in that event, yeah. It was, only it was World Time Attack, what year? 2016? 14. 14. 14. Yeah, first year I bought it, I think. It was and 14. they had HKS there and Trust there. and Yeah, you have factory cars versus street crack. Yeah, that ain't going to work, right? Nah, but we didn't have the backing, but, you know. You actually did something really good, though, didn't you? You actually looped it on the outlap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought... So those guys are so fast. I, I, I was trying to keep up with them on the outlap, and yeah, I thought, yeah, I'll keep up with these guys with their... Um, I think they had tyre warmers, I'm, I'm pretty certain. Yeah. I went out on freshies and uh, came round about turn seven or eight. And At he, the creek. And he was pushing. I thought, I'll keep up with him so I can see his lines and see why he's so much faster. And I just did a 360. Yeah, well, yeah, hey, but at I, least you did it. I did a 360 and continued to keep going. Yeah, and, and you were the slowest of the GDRs. There were only three, but there was HKRs. HKRs. Uh, trust versus uh, I had v, I had V-Spec turbos on it. It was making, let's say, 460 at the wheels, 450. So what lap time do you actually do there? Oh, it was either 35.9 or 36.1 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, I know a lot of people that think they're hell shit hot in Sydney. That would die for that lap time. Uh, that was a fast car. It was good, yeah, and it's back in that spec at the moment. Tarmac so, spec. Let's talk about what happened, and don't blame me for any of it, because this is my podcast, so I'll just shut you off. Um, so what happened from there? Like, how, how did that car progress? It's really interesting to hear. Um, I got talked into uh, putting some Alpha 10 turbos on there. AMS Alpha 10. Yeah, yeah which, which is still a nice little turbo, a little bit laggy, but when they spool up, oh my God. Had big power, yeah. Big power. Uh, I think it made well, close to 700 kilowatts of the wheels. It was a thousand horsepower. Yeah, yeah. Unit. Yeah. Now, was that on the stock engine, or did we build an engine there? No, we built an engine. It was half billet. Couldn't afford the full billet because that was. So you had a cradle. Cradle, a billet diff. No, no, but you snapped the diff off it at some stage up at Wollonga. See, this is where you were to get your timeline right. Oh yeah, we, we broke a few diffs. They decided to vacate the um, side of the engine. The reason that happens, boys and girls, if you're listening to this, is because. Us guys in Australia, especially for our American listeners, we drive these cars so hard, or Nick does, that we put them through G-forces and stresses on the cradle that normal people couldn't do. And this is why we were so good in the early days of making GDR parts. We discovered fuel surge at a track for anyone. And this is in bloody Adelaide, you know? Because people just don't drive them that hard. They just go a bit straight line and go, oh, that's all right. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. We had uh, we had another diff explode at Malala on turn two, which yeah. is a massive um, reverse camber, double apex yeah. corner. High um, G load. High G load. A lot of... Uh, if you took a Gen 3 Holden around there, it'd last a lap or two and just, just decide that there's not enough no, oil on the barrel. No, they didn't do one, from what I heard, because it starved the oil pickup. Yeah. And your friend Julian would actually deny them all warranty after inviting them out there. Exactly. Julian, you're listening right now. Sucked in. Uh, uh, yeah, and I think you sent Bo- Holden broke, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God for LDV. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so your car, it sort of um, it, it grew into something. So the first time it broke, I reckon, would have been at Manilar, yeah, as that we was said. A, that, that was a major one, yeah. We, we did a state round and um, we were racing. 
Town Oval, we're racing cup cars. We're doing like full on cup cars. My thing's got rego on it. Okay, it's a it, it is a race car. It was making 450, 460 at the wheels. Yeah, not a heap. Not a heap. That's killer great. wasps. And uh, it was uh, a good little package. I, I, I don't think it'd be, it was, it won't be a Tesla played, but it was fast in its day. I think. I think as a handling package is much better. Um, the GDR, you see, what's happened now is we've all hated them for so long that they're starting to come back and starting to be collectible and desirable, which is, like, not what we're talking about here. We're talking about, like, you coming back on the tow truck when you snap the diff off it and, and shit like that. And you've been through harder shit with GDRs than I think anyone in the world. And I've, I've dealt with I deal with a lot of Americans with them, whatever else. I think you've done it harder than anyone, so you know them better than anyone. Oh, I do. I've got to the point now where uh, I've got my own hoist. I don't do the mechanical work, but I've got our own crew that can pull engines, gearboxes out, and we can we can farm stuff out. Martin and uh, Powertech still do the tuning for me, which is great. And oh, you're a great. Well, it's a bit overcharged, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 100% overcharged. But... What actually happened when you tried to put your GDR under the hoist? Oh, it... It sort of rolled off one time and it went through the back wall. No, Nick reversed it through the back wall, put a hole in his own wall. But that's cool. That's what telling stories about cars is all about because he'll remember that forever, but the repair cost is, was about 50 bucks. So, you know, I think that was a really good thing you did. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I sort of, I've got this skinny long workshop at, at, uh, at uh, Adelaide. Strike rack. Strike rack, you reckon? Well, for all of you American listeners, he's like some actually uh, hick in Alabama, just, um, yeah, whatever. But he's been vaxxed, so I like Strecco for that reason. But so, where is your GDR now? Let's fast forward to today. We've had all these breakages and shit, and you've now billeted everything apart from the block, and you've, ended, you've actually ended up with the stock motor in it with a... Uh, billet diff housing from Crest CNC, yeah. Correct, yeah, and it's got um, uh, standard turbos with a with with a V spec core put in them, which are say a VF thirty four style. I think that is one of the nicest combos ever for a circuit car. It's so brilliant because it's very bright coming out of the corners. It's it's not as good in the top end, but you don't always need that top end pull. It still pulls nicely. When we ran it at Malala, that's the spec we ran it in, and I think I did mm. take it out once with the with the big turbos, but. The wheel spin and the, the the control of the car was completely different. Um, the, uh, the let's say the kink at Malala, where you're probably doing say 200 k an hour, you're in 125 mile an hour for my American friends. Yeah, yes. it's yeah. it's it's actually a corner. They call it a kink, but it's a corner. You drift through there at that speed. It's only a corner if you're weak. Yeah, <laughs> if you lift. It, yeah. it becomes a bad corner. You got to hold it flat through there, and you're holding it flat, and you come into a, a, a massive uh, second gear corner. So you got to brake and drop all the gears to get. You didn't go to first for for Northern Heaven. No, no first gear there. No, it's second gear. Really? Yeah, second gear was fine with those wow. cars. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What, what first gear are you using? Well, weren't back when I was driving the Snorax. I was back into first there. No, actually second. You're right. It is second. It's not first. Not a, it's, yeah. it, it's a hairpin, but it is. It's a, 35. K- 34 kilometres an hour across the apex of that corner. Yeah, it's a very tight one. About it, 20 miles an hour. And there's, if you ride the, the ripple on the outside, it really lifts the car. It's got like a, a half a 
half a foot, I'll use your terms, but you know, six mm. inch sort of ripple on the e exit. And you ride that and you get a bit of a ripple up and it can unsettle the car and you get a bit of a drift. And then the corner coming out of it's, you're accelerating through another corner coming out of it into another ma massive straight as well. There's virtually two big straights at Malala. Well, it's essentially, like, it's actually three straights, and it's stop, go, stop, go, and there's only one sweeper, which is that kink you spoke about, and it's only it's only a place to lift off if you're weak. Yeah. Right. So you and I, what we do is we always collect our cars up and set them up so you can go through their flat, right? You have to have the right, you have to clip the apex in the right spot. Yeah. And if you've got a car there and you're racing, you can't always do that. No, or if you can, you've got to be prepared to hit them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called push and shove. Right, so, Nick, you have a, a really colourful career in racing, tarmac rally cars, petrol cars, 944s, GDRs, um, Evos, yeah. Um, successfully or unsuccessfully, you are part of the scene, right? And, and many people... We're building businesses while yours is already built. I've come up and said, like, you know, and it wasn't Nick, it was me. And like, no, no, it was Nick. So he was out there winning this shit when you were still talking about buying an Evo to do it. So apparently, this is what I'm hearing right now. You've bought a Tesla. Yeah, I've, I've ordered a Tesla plate. Okay. And very good. So, okay, well, all I'll tell you right now, because we're talking a lot of Americans, we don't call them plaids, we call them plaids. Plaid. It's plaid. It's plaid. Why would you do that? Uh, well, I'm pretty impressed with some of the performance figures. And I think that I'd actually like to do some hill climbs and some circuit work in it, and possibly even set it up as, a, as my everyday race car. Here's the thing, though, right? Here's the thing you're going to have to cope with, like, Remember when the GDR came out, the R35, and you were quite keen on them, and of course you bought several of them over the years now. Um, what was the biggest problem with the GDR? Oh, the girth. The yeah. mass. The mass, the, the weight. But as I said, I had Evos which are light and nimble. I've got a, a really light and nimble Porsche that's very... Uh, which oh, Porsche is it? You tell us. Oh, it's, it's, it's called a 944 Turbo S, so it's a 1988 model 944 Beautifully balanced car, 50-50 like the GDR, weight distribution, and I believe yeah. the Tesla is very similar too with the battery layout and everything from yeah. my uh, reading of the but car. But you've got another tonne on your 944. Oh, at least. The 944 weighed 12.50, I think, with the cage and everything. I reckon the plaid weighs about 22.50. Yeah. Versus the old model, Raven, is about 24, so they've come down in weight. They've made it a smaller battery. Yeah, you know, not not smaller than the Raven, but they've just increased technology in every yeah in department. every department. They've made the car light. Look, uh, we've got Audis that weigh that much. We've got Mercedes that weigh that much. The GDR was never a light car. I think they were listed about seventeen fifty, seventeen eighty. Yeah, they were. Yeah, the later model came out. And we went eh, so fat, so heavy. They'll never be fast. Guess what? They're fast. They're, They're fast. The fastest They're still, thing you can buy. They're still the gun thing you can get. In rock, but here's the thing here's the thing that's happened with GDRs. GDRs, as you know, because you drove them from new like I did, were balanced, they were good track cars, you could do a good time at that. Now, every spastic just wants to drive them in a straight line and drag them, and they're going to be the best drag car you can ever buy. They're actually not. No, they're, they're a really good track car, I reckon. They're balanced, they're so fun to drive. They, they, the girth of the GDR is under. You don't feel the girth when you're driving. They're, 
they drive like a, in my opinion, I'm going to say it. Just and you, it, it. They're a go-kart. They're a go-kart. Yeah. The chassis is brilliant. The four-wheel drive system's more rear-wheel drive predominant, but you can you can balance that. You get an open-wheel front diff, yeah. You can balance. You, know, you wouldn't want to put a limit diff in the front, I think, for racing, because I think it would ruin the car and cause understeer. So I said this thing on a podcast some time ago. If it's a good car and you're driving it, and this is what I really found out with the R35, right? If 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 you're driving a big car and they're a big car, right? They got big fat haunches and they got big front. They, if it feels small and it feels nimble, then it's a good car. Doesn't matter how big it is. If it feels small and it feels nimble, and I always thought these Teslas were good until I took my rear wheel drive one to Collingrove and it felt nimble and it felt good but of all of a sudden when I drove it up there it felt lazy and sloppy and it felt big yeah and that's when you know it's not a good car right a, a good car when you put it on the track still keeps feeling small even if it's big like a GDR and I think that was their secret well I recently backed up your Collingrove little event and took my GTR up there. Yeah, and it was uh, minus uh, two the day we went up there to start with in the morning. Uh, that, that is Celsius, guys, so it's about like 48 Fahrenheit or whatever. There was a, <laughs> I'm just guessing. There was, this there was ice there. on the ground. Uh, it warmed up. We had the sun come out. It warmed up to about 13 or 14 that day. So it wasn't a good day for us. So about 50F. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cold. Um, but in the afternoon, the sun came out, warmed up the track a little bit. Very yep. short track. It's very short. It look, we we run it in thirty odd seconds, so it's very short. But give you fast. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I got second fastest on the day. I beat all the little Evos that were nimble on that, and there was yeah, some Hayabusa powered chip box, but yeah, yeah, which is not even a car. No, it was an open wheeler thing. But uh, the end of the day, the GDR, and this this is commonly noted as a goat track. This track. Um, it is. I but agree. it's it's probably where I started my racing career, and I thought I've got to take the GDR up there and have a go at it, and we got. Have a grow at it or a go at it? A grow at it. <laughs> well, you grew a good time out of it because um, good cars, if you've got a good car, I mean, you're a good driver, obviously, but if you've got a good car, they're working good situations. And GDRs have always, after I saw what Glenn did at that Port Adelaide like one-off thing, yeah. and I saw him working, you had the wrong direction for some reason. I'm not even going to go into that. It could but, have been the navigator's fault. It was your navigator. I uh, can't remember. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I saw Glennie actually do a super-duper time there in a car that's so big and so wide it shouldn't work. But if you've got a car that works, it works, right? Regardless of the width of your track. And I think this is the secret to the whole thing. So when people are going like, ah, uh, this is only a small track, I'm going to buy an Evo. No, no, no. A GDR is still possibly even though i hate them in so many ways have caused me so many pain but so much pain but they work so well in other ways yeah i agree i think and look there's nothing wrong with an evo an evo works as well they're a great little car but they just don't have the raw pace a gdr has when you need it no not unless they're like super duper highly pimped yeah or there's no fucking evil excuse the language evil left, left in them you know they got bella blocks and this and that and everything else and this and, a, and bosch abs and everything i'm talking and this, evo. Is, for, this is for gareth just one thing they, they the the evo guys take out their best technology the balance shafts that porsche used to use the no, twin balance, we had them in sigmas they had them in the evos twin balance shafts as well 
They take the. They had them in those stupid saloon cars you used to race too. The three point eight. No, that was, no, 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 no. They didn't have. No, they couldn't put them in there. There was no overhead cams in those things. They had balance shafts in the block. I'm sure of it. No, they had a harmonic balance, so that balanced it out. No, a harmonic. You mean <laughs> not a harmonic? A, a harmonic. Harmonic. This is a really disgraceful epicast, by the way. But I've got Nick here, and I've actually got him. We've only got three minutes to go. We're going to talk shit for three minutes right here on. But I have Nick, and it's actually really good. So what would you like to say to Julian right now? Um. <laughs> oh, you there. Everyone, I'll fill in the blanks. Fill in the blanks. Um, I, I really don't um, know what to say about Julian. Uh, well, you got his um, front pumper out of the bin. Oh, it's just another story. No, that's, <laughs> but, Julian, we hope you're coming back because Nick needs someone decent to beat. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. I'd love to beat someone who has an LVD dealership. I actually tuned one of those things for him this week. They have a 2.8-litre turbo diesel, right? Makes 110 kilowatt? No, it made 77 at the wheels. Yeah, but when you tuned it... We got to 110. I told you. 110. It was like a Hilux with the bath plug up its ass. <laughs> <laughs> so they sell them and spuds up the exhaust. But no, they were quite happy. But then what will happen is I'll come back and they'll say, oh, this guy towed four tonnes up the hill and it overheated. And I've gone, shit, okay. I wonder why that is. Is our tune wrong? No, the EGTs are right. Then I see PWR, who are the, one of the best radiator manufacturers in the world in Queensland, right? Yeah. They do F1 stuff. They have a radiator for LDVs. Just a standard one isn't good enough. Oh, they're going to put a radiator on and make them cool. Just to make them actually drive normally. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Jesus won't help you there, but PWR will. <laughs> Perfect. So, Nick, we're going to uh, go on to something different now because we're getting towards the end of the Epicast. And thank you so much. Your advice and... Your knowledge of cars is, is really useful to my friends around the world. You're listening in Switzerland right now, as we have 1.9% of listeners in Switzerland. This is Edelweiss right here. Um, talk to me. We have this big problem right now, and it's called COVID. And, you know, you're, I'm fully vaxxed, and you're going to be fully vaxxed like next time I talk to you. Next Tuesday, yeah. But I think what we need to do is we need to open racetracks up and how's the only way it's going to happen it's only going to happen if we've had the shot yeah i think so yeah and travel and and all that may come back to normal in, in the future but here's the thing right um everyone's got their own opinion and that's fine and that's cool this isn't a political show and we don't really fucking care oh and i said the f word again some of it drunk sorry uh, epicast listeners but here's the thing um we just want everything to be normal. We want to go back to racetracks being open and we don't want all these lockdowns and shit because we hate that, right? You want to go to Macca's again, don't you? You don't want to go drive-through. <laughs> I suppose that's why. I mean, you've been doing all right at a lockdown because you're poor business. You know, electricians have never made any money. But no, no. all I want to do, because we're coming up to the end of the Epicast now, we're all fully vaxxed. We all want to go to the racetrack. We want to have fun. What I want all of you to do, you've heard Streco again tonight for the first time in a long time. I want you to listen to Range Anxiety. Send me your 
bloody feedback. I've been swearing a lot tonight, sorry everyone. To DTEC, D-T-E-C-H, at S-E-N-E-T dot -E com dot A-U. And thank you, Nick, for coming along. You've been a great benefit. Thank you very much for having me here as a guest. And um, happy motoring. And we'll see you again soon. Thank you very much.